I told Brent after this morning that I was not wearing a costume, no matter how much anybody begged. Then I came up with the idea I could go back there in the closet and get that Roman soldier costume out that I wear for the Easter play, but I don't want to leave you guys with a nightmarish image for the rest of the week. So, thanks. <laughs> um, the verses we're going to be in today are James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. Um, these verses are going to talk about trials, maturity, how to deal with those. Um, we all go through trials. We all go through instances in our life where we want to give up. Um, I want you guys to walk you through a little bit of a story here. I want you to picture walking up this mountain that seems like it's 25,000 feet tall right after you had a bunch of hot dogs and marshmallows and soda because a nice youth minister did not tell you you were going to be walking up a mountain after you got done eating. Thank you, Brent. Um, The mountain experience up in North Carolina, or down in North Carolina, had a lot of different lessons I could have taken from it. There were numerous times where I was getting ready to have Steve carry me up on his back. Um, There was plenty of times where I wanted to roll back down to the bottom. But the fact of the matter is, this was something I'd never done before. It was tough. Um, Steve can attest to this. There were parts where you weren't walking just one foot in front of the other. You had your hands on the ground, and you were climbing yourself up these stairs. Um, But through it all, to be able to get back to the top and get up there and be able to see the beautiful sight that was at the top of this mountain was worth every last step. Um, That's kind of like what it's like when we go through trials and tribulations in our lives. God doesn't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to... Give up. He wants you to embrace the challenge. He wants you to have faith that He knows what you're going through. He's testing you. He's trying to grow your faith. Trust in Him. He wants you to get to the top of that mountain. He wants you to be able to see that glorious sight that's at the end of it. Take a look at verse 2 if you would. I've got the Holman Christian Standard Version, so if mine's a little different than yours. It says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Great joy. A little tough to do, isn't it? I mean, think about some of the trials we go through. We deal with death. Uh, you know, uh, struggles in academics. It's a lot of trials we don't exactly embrace with joy. I kind of looked up the definition of joy, not really expecting to see what I saw And I got this. It said, emotion evoked by the prospect of possessing what one desires. To embrace a challenge with the emotion of knowing what you want out of it. Joy is given to you by the Holy Spirit. Having Him there, trusting the Holy Spirit through that trial you're going through. Trusting that God knows why He is letting you go through what you're going through. It's important. It's important to realize that if you have the Holy Spirit within you and your goal and your thought process is truly to attain what God's design is and what God's plan is for you through this trial, that that is what you're focusing on. And if you're truly looking at what God wants from you through this trial, you should be able to see that light at the end of the tunnel. You should be able to see 
that glorious picture that's at the top of that mountain. You should be able to look out and realize that it's going to get better. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be in a week. It may not be in a month. But it's going to get better. Look at some of the examples of people that accepted the trials they went through in the Bible. Uh, The simple one, look at Job. I mean, many people want to look at it and say, where in there is the joy part? You know, where did he enjoy what he was going through? Maybe he didn't enjoy it, but he accepted it with joy. He never cursed God. He knew that if he accepted good from God, he also had to accept the bad. He understood what the end result was. That no matter what he got, he knew if he continued to have faith in Christ, that even if his life was taken, the worst that could possibly happen is he'd get to spend eternity with God. Frankly, that doesn't seem like that bad of an end result. Look at this morning. Brent talked about Joseph. Look at Mary. Can't possibly have been an easy task being an un unwed, as our society would call it, mother. Being pregnant in a society that wants to cast you out. But she did it because she had faith in God. She understood where she was going. She understood the magnitude of what was being asked of her. She did that and she accepted it with joy. And look at the biggest example we have. Christ. I cannot possibly imagine what he went through while he was on this earth. We can read about it. We can see movies about it. But I truly don't think we can truly embrace how much of a, a trial in it he went through while he was here. Think of being beaten and pounded on a cross. People gambling for the only thing you have left on this earth, those clothes. But having such faith to say, forgive them, they know not what they do, rather than curse the situation or curse the people around you. He embraced what it was. Nobody killed Christ. He willingly gave up His life for us. He embraced the trial that He was with. As we go through these trials, as we go through the events we go through in life, we grow. It's your choice which direction that is. You can curse the situation you're in. You can ask God over and over and over why you're in that situation and not understand it and turn away from Him and grow farther away from Christ. Or you can embrace the situation, gain endurance, gain that closer relationship with Christ and grow farther and closer towards Him while you're also in that trial. brings on verse 3. Look at verse 3. It says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. We just talked about. Notice the first, one of the first words they use in there is testing of your faith. It's important to know the difference between testing and temptation. God will never tempt you. God will only test you. I looked through a bunch of different definitions for test and tempt, um, looking for different verses and things of that nature. Ironically, none of our wonderful... Uh, worldly dictionaries had good definitions. Um, I found one in the Bible that talked about tests originate from love. They originate from God. Temptation originates from evil. God is 
testing you in these trials. He's not tempting you. He's not putting you in a situation and daring you and saying, come on, just don't believe in me anymore. I want to see how much faith you have. It's not what he's trying to do. That voice you hear in the back of your mind that's telling you that when you're going through those trials, that's Satan. God's the one saying, don't give up. Trust in me. I know where I'm pulling you to. Think of everything in life that requires your endurance. You've got athletics. Everybody knows how into athletics I am, or at least most of my Sunday school kids do. Most of them make fun with me for it on a constant basis. But the fact of the matter is, is the teams that don't practice and the teams that don't go through trials are normally not the teams you talk about or the teams you remember that have excelled in anything they've ever done. Some of the best teams out there have been the ones that have went through the harshest conditions, through the harshest trials, have suffered the bitter losses and grown together closer as a team. I think back to last year when a friend of mine called. They'd been married roughly a month. And I heard the words on the other end of the phone of, this isn't going to work. This person won't grow up. So I talked to the other one. This isn't going to work. The other one just won't grow up. A month into marriage. Now they've been married for over a year. They're expecting a child. They're happily married. And the reason was is because they both had a firm foundation of what God wanted, wanted from them in these trials. They embraced what they were going through. They looked to God. They asked Him for help. They did everything they could. And if you ask them, they'll tell you it wasn't easy. They'll tell you that there was a point in time where one of them actually moved out of the house. But it was not their commitment necessarily to each other, but their commitment to Christ that brought them back together. That's what's important to realize in situations like this. Same thing with raising kids. I don't have any, so I'll give you that disclaimer before I start. Okay? Um, I can tell you from Sunday school class. Travis, how often have I gotten on people in Sunday school class for bringing their Bible? Yeah. It's tough. It's trying. It drains you. There's times where you want to throw people out of the classroom. So, but for the most, I mean, and I want to even say for the most part, I've learned more from them than I could have possibly ever learned by myself because it's trials, it's tribulations. I remember telling Brent when I first started teaching Sunday school, I felt so bad I had two kids in my class. Couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. The harder I tried, the more that left. Until, ironically, it was my dad who called up one day and said, but it doesn't matter how many you have in the class. It's what they're getting out of it. If I was preaching to, a, if I was preaching to the wall on Sunday morning and that's what God wanted me to do, That's what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter. Academics. Talk about endurance. (laughs) We'll get into that later. Um, It's a never-ending process. You've got to take the tests. You've got to read the books. You've got to do the homework. You've got to do the outside reading. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. It's constant endurance. But you've got to be able to see the end goal. You trust in your teachers that they're teaching you the information that you need to succeed in that academic field. This, in itself, 
right here is a field. You've got to trust in the main teacher that's part of that book. If you trust in him of what he's trying to teach you in the book, I guarantee you, you will enjoy what comes later. It may not be a smooth ride. You may hit holes, bumps, hills. You may crash a dozen times along the way. But I guarantee you if he's with you, you can't, you can't be defeated. Remember that through it all, you look at Joshua 1, verse 5. He talks about he will never leave us nor forsake us. If he's with you, you can't go wrong. Absolutely cannot go wrong. Talk to numerous people about numerous situations. Talk to a youth tonight about one. I specifically stated these words. You don't and you can't see why what's happening now is happening. You can't understand it. It's frustrating. You want to cry. You want to get upset. You're so torn inside because you are convinced what you want to happen right now is the right thing. But if it's not God's time, it's not. Take the test that He's giving you. Take the test with joy. Look at it. See the positives out of it. Learn. Take in all the material that He's trying to give you. And go from there and wait for the next one. You look at verse 4, the final verse here. It talks about that endurance. It says, But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Just think back to John 19, verse 30, and the three words that are, usher, uh, that are uttered in that verse. It is finished. Think what life would be like if Christ hadn't completed the test. Think of what would have happened if He'd just given up. That in the garden, instead of saying, Father, your will be done, it was uttered, I'm tired, I'm done, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to lay my life down for these people that have sit here and cursed me and thrown me and cast me out when I've done nothing wrong. I don't know how many of you out here are parents, but I could probably don't have any way of counting the number of times that your kids have probably told you you don't know what you're talking about. You're too old. You don't understand. Why do I have to do this? This doesn't make any sense. I know I've uttered them to my parents. I think I uttered one this week. <clears throat> they do. It's a matter of embracing what that person is giving you. To understand that you have to complete the test. Any of you youth here that are taking tests, if you stopped in the middle of the test and handed it in, you're certainly not going to get a good grade on it. You're certainly not going to get all the knowledge out of it that you were supposed to. I'll give you guys an example. Next Saturday, December 17th, I'll actually graduate after a little more than a decade in undergrad. Um, it was a trial. It was bad decisions. It was running from God. 
It was going in a dozen different directions because I didn't like the trials and the tests that I was going through. Rather than answer the call and rather than embrace the test or the trial that he was giving me, it was easier to turn my back and run down the road. Or so I thought. To come back and know that the reason that I get to walk across that stage next Saturday is not because I completed some sort of academic test, not because I met the requirements of some institution over in Carbondale, but by the grace of God that he allowed me to continue to go through these things and complete that work is something that I don't know if I have firmly grasped the concept of yet. I don't know if Brent knows this. I don't know if I've ever actually told him this or not. Um, I started writing sermons when I was in sixth grade. I know, I was a dork. Um, when he asked me on Wednesday to, uh, to speak tonight, I thought, oh, that won't be a problem. i got like eight or nine of those written already. I'll just go back and get one. Um, I can tell you rereading what I wrote as a sixth grader was not what you're hearing tonight, I promise. Um, But let me, I mean, but to show you the trials and tribulations things that goes with it again, I went as far as attending seminary classes my senior year of high school. Um, My sophomore year in college, I went back to the seminary in St. Louis. I also took another four or five classes that day. I went up for an internship. I filled out an application, and I was actually accepted to the Lutheran Seminary in St. Louis. Um, I was convinced I needed to be a preacher, a Lutheran preacher at that. Obviously, by what I'm doing here now, you know that wasn't the plan. (laughs) Um, It was something I'd always wanted to do. I'd been telling him since sixth grade, I was asking the preacher, I want to get up there and preach. Every time I got told no. Got to a point where instead of asking to preach, I started asking the man upstairs why I didn't get to preach. Why is it that they tell me I don't know enough? Why is it that they tell me I don't have enough knowledge, that I'm not old enough, that I'm not this, that I'm not that, instead of saying, okay, what do you want from me? What more do I need to do for you? What work do you have me, what work would you have me do to glorify your name? Because if that ain't preaching, that's fine if that's your plan. I look at this youth group down here, and I see kids with enormous talents from people that can play in bands, people that can speak, people that have good communication skills. I see, yeah, good old Travis, just like Sunday school. Um, You know, I look out here, and I see people that have helped me along the way. I see family members. I see people that have mentored me along the way. I don't think you guys... I don't think we as a society completely understand how important it is to trust Christ in every situation we go through. It's not just in the good times. It's not just when things are going well. It is vastly important that we understand we have to accept Him and trust Him in the trials, in the, in the tribulations that we go through. When we walk out these doors on Sunday nights, or when we walk out these doors on Sunday mornings, and we go to work, and we walk through, and we walk down the street, or we walk through the mall, or we go to a restaurant, how are you acting? How are you portraying yourself to the world? When someone asks what you're going through, especially when they already know when someone knows you're going through a rough time, they simply say, 
How are you doing? Are you putting on the mask and saying, I'm all right, I'm okay? Or are you showing them your faith in Christ? Are you saying, man, it's been tough, but God's going to get me through it. It's rough, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I may not be here next week, but God's going to get me through it. I've got a grandmother sitting at home in a nursing home in a bed who had a stroke about six months ago. One of the big foundations of my life as far as my relationship with Christ. This woman for the last 12 years has completely irritated my mother with one phrase. At the end of every phone conversation it said, Okay, I love you, and if I don't see you tomorrow because I'm ready to go, God love you all. I hope by the time I, I... I wish by tonight, tomorrow, when I go home, I want that kind of faith. I want to be able to tell God, no matter what situation I'm in, whether it be good or whether I be in the middle of a trial, that if He wants to call me home now, I have enough faith that I'm ready to go. That's what's important. You look at... Why we go through these trials. I'm going to kind of wrap this up here. You're never going to be able to go through life and skate by on the yellow brick road that has the, you know, like the Wizard of Oz. It's not that nice. We live in the real world. We live in reality. In reality, people die. In reality, people lose their jobs. In reality, you lose friends. You have fights. You judge. You are judged. I think it's an important concept to understand that. I've read some devotionals. I get some morning devotionals in the morning, and I've had some instances where I didn't like what I was reading because there was, it, was, it was making it sound like trust in Christ and you're set. Just God will give you the Ferrari you ask for. Your bills will disappear. Everything will go better. That's not the point. I told the youth this morning in Sunday school class. He's not here to make sure you have a happy life. He wants you to be happy. I have no doubt in my mind that he takes great joy when we are happy. That's not the goal. We're here to praise and glorify His name. You can do it when you're happy. But I guarantee you an awful lot more people are going to see His glory, His grace, and His compassion and love when you're going through that rough, rough time and they want to know how He's taken it so well. How is He dealing with it that well? And you can simply look at Him and say, because I trust He can get me through anything. I'm going to close in prayer here. Um, You guys want to bow your heads real quick. Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for everything that you've given us, Lord. Both the blessings the trials. Lord, we embrace it all. Lord, and as we go out this week, 
may we understand that no matter what we're going through, how hard it may be, that God, you're there. That you will never leave us. That we need to use the situations that we're put in, Lord, to allow our relationship with you to grow. And Lord, may you allow our relationships with you to grow beyond measure, beyond anything that we can possibly comprehend. And Lord, above all, may we glorify your name and make much of it. Lord, I pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen.